Now, before we get started here, does anybody have $20 I can borrow? Like right now? Who's got the first 20? 15 is not enough. Right here. Okay. Let me check this out, see if it's good. Okay, it's good, Larry. Thank you. I will pay you back, okay? I, I will pay you back. I, I want to ask a question today when we're getting into our study in Second uh, Thessalonians. Is, have, you, have you ever wondered about what is going on in the world today? It's a scary, scary time. I saw on the news uh, this week that there are 41 places where there is war taking place. 41 places where there is active conflict. And, you know, when you just look around the world, even in our own country, you see so much injustice, you see so much hate, you see so many, so many evil things that take place, and you just have to, like, you know, it, it shakes you up, or it should, I think. You know, if it doesn't, then maybe there's something wrong with us. But there, there's so many things in this world that are going on, so many things that are just not fair. It's just the, the injustice of it all that it, it just, it, it shakes you. And, you know, then, then you and I, you know, we can be wronged. Have you ever been wronged by somebody? Do you ever know someone who's been wronged by somebody? And you say, well, that's just not fair. And they should have to pay. And something, something needs to be done about it. And then you ask the question, you know, you know God, why, you know, why are you not doing something? Why doesn't God do something? Have you ever thought that? Like, God, it's so getting so bad. Why don't you do something? You hear we're crying out to you, we're praying, we're asking. But it, it just doesn't seem to be getting any better. In fact, maybe it even seems to be getting worse. When you look around and see the world, God, why don't you do something is a question. And, and I want to answer you today is that he is doing something and he will do something. He is doing something and he will do something. What we find in our passage today is that God is just. God is just. He is completely just. And someone said this, that he will balance the scales of justice. Let's open our Bible, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, where we left off last time. Don't forget, Larry, I will pay you back. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, let's pick it up uh, and re repeat stuff from verses 3 to 7. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. All this, he says in verse 5, is evidence that God's judgment is right. It's a righteous judgment. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. And he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven 
and blazing fire with his powerful angels. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and, and we do have a lot of questions in this world, in this life. There's so much going on that we just can't get our minds around, why is this happening? How could this go without some kind of retribution, some kind of payment? But Lord, we, we want to uh, study your word to, to see what you have to say about it, because you are the, the only one that is truly just completely just and fair. And so we look to you and to your word for the answers in Jesus' name. Amen. The Thessalonians, they were growing, right? We've looked at that. They were growing in their faith. They were growing in their love. Stuff was happening in their lives, and they were fairly young Christians. But, but Paul was writing to them, 1 Thessalonians and now 2 Thessalonians, to help encourage them to like you know, keep on that path of growing. And, and when we stop growing, we're in trouble. You and I, doesn't matter how long, if we've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, it doesn't matter. We need to keep growing and we can, we can all grow. We can all learn. When we stop growing, we're, we're, we're going to get stagnant. We're going we're gonna to fall backwards when we stop moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean it's all a work that we do. We have to rely on God's Spirit. And we have to surrender to him and submit to him and, and ask him to help us to grow. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to become closer to you. I want to grow in my relationship to you. I want to grow in my faith, and I want to grow in my love for one another, as Dave pointed out that scripture in 1 John this morning. I want to grow. So these people, they were growing. It says they, they were growing in their perseverance as well. They had this perseverance. We talked about that last time, about not giving up. I'm not going to give up. Never give up. Why? Because God is in control. Because God is on the throne. Because God is faithful. Not because I'm just going to make up my mind never to give up. No, but, but, but my trust is in God. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask Him to help me to get through this life, through whatever it is that I'm facing. And we face a lot, don't we? We talked, uh, when we talked about that, I was just amazed at how many answers when I asked, like, what would make you want to give up? And, like, like, we had so many answers, it was unbelievable, but actually believable. Because there's a lot of reasons in this world to make us just want to quit. I want to quit. Paul was boasting about these Thessalonians because they persevered. They weren't going to quit. Their faith... Their trust in God was going to get them through. And so he says here in this verse here that, that, that all this is evidence that God's judgment is right, that God is right. All of the things that, was, that were happening in their lives, the growth, their perseverance, their faith, their love, all these things were evidence. They were proof that what God says is right, that what God has done is right and true, that his word is true, and that, that he is going to help us. It's all evidence. It's proof. It's not proof that we are something, you know, we are something special. It's proof that God is something special, that He's doing something in our lives. That it all will work together for good. That, that God knows what He's doing. That God is in charge and He knows what He's, going, what he's doing. And, and as we read in this passage, He's just. He knows. He's, he's got it together. He knows right from wrong. He knows what right is and what wrong is. Not like us. We're a little bit unclear sometimes, aren't we? 
or we want to we be unclear so that we can get away with something, but the Bible talks about us calling evil good and good evil. We kind of get things mixed up. God never gets mixed up. Isn't that cool? God never gets me. He's, he always knows what's right and he always knows what's wrong. And, and so as a result of all the stuff that's happening, he said, you will be, because of what he's doing in their lives, you'll be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for what you are suffering. And, and, and part of life and part of what God has decided, his righteous judgment, is that suffering is actually a part of this life. Now, if I was God, I would not include that for my people. Would you? Well, I'm just going to make you suffer a little bit. No, I would say, you know what? Why don't you just uh, accept Jesus Christ and from then on your life's perfect. Nothing bad's going to happen. You're going to make it. No suffering, no trials, no, nothing to persevere in. But it's not very realistic, is it, in this world that we face today? You should be glad that I'm not God. What? <laughs> Things would be very different. Things would be very bad. You think things are bad now? If a human being was in charge? But he says there in verse 6 that God is just. That God is just. He's completely just. He's completely fair. I read some, some interesting uh, definitions about this. Uh, one is the Bible tells us that God is just. That means that he is fair and impartial. The fact that God is just means that He can and He will judge between right and wrong. He will administer justice in accordance with His standards, and He will administer justice perfectly. They go on to ask a little later, if God is just, why do we see so much unfairness on earth? That's the question we're asking. Why? Why, do we, why does it have to be this way? God is so just, and He's in charge. But He goes on to say that the time will come when God will judge the world. He will come. I like what someone else wrote, uh, a man by the name of J.I. Packer, who is a theologian. He's a, uh, a man of our generation who has written a lot of good books about the character of God. And he says this, but the character of God is the guarantee that all wrongs will be righted someday when the day of God's wrath, when His righteous judgment will be revealed. All wrongs will be righted someday. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what God's Word tells us. I like what he also says here, one, one more uh, quote. He says, as judge, He is the law, but as Savior, He is the gospel. Run from him now and you will meet him as the judge then and without hope. Seek him now and you will find him. And you will then discover that you are looking forward to that future meeting with joy. We don't have nothing to, to, to fear, nothing to fear meeting him if we have asked him to be our Savior, asked him to be our Lord. Have you got that part right already? Next week I'm going to talk about heaven or hell and, and we're going to talk more about that. But, but you, you, you need to know and looking at this whole picture of God being just and that He is going to judge the world someday, you know, we, we say yes. But we, but we also have to take into consideration that that includes us. 
That includes you. That includes me. We're all going to be judged. And I was thinking about this is that God's standard is way, way higher than you and I would set the standard at. It's way higher than you and I can even imagine. And, and also, I was thinking about this is that the, the, the depth of sin is way, way deeper than what you and I think it is. So, so God will judge, yes, but that includes us. But you see, God, in His love and His grace and His mercy, He has said, listen, I, I, you know, in my nature, I'm perfectly, completely, totally just, and I must judge sin. But He says, I'm going to provide a way out for you. And so He sent His Son to take the punishment that you and I should take. You see, what his, what his holiness and His justice demanded, His grace and His love and His mercy provided. But it's not automatic, is it? It's something you and I must come before Him and say, I'm a, I'm a sinner and I, and I turn to you. I repent. That's what repent means, turn towards Him and, and ask for His complete and total forgiveness. You say, well, you know, that... You know, when you think about that, though, I think about this sometimes, that, that in itself isn't really very fair, right? You know what I mean by that? Because you've got this guy down the street, right, and he's like, he's like a murderer, and he's killed someone, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, be my Lord and my Savior, and, and, and Jesus says, yes, and he forgives him completely, and he, and he will not be sent to hell. You say, well, that doesn't seem fair. He, look what he did. But, you know, you gotta, we've got to apply that to ourselves. You know, well, maybe I didn't go kill anybody, but I wanted to. Maybe I didn't go, you know, uh, rob the bank, but I thought about it. Be honest. Did you ever think about robbing a bank? If I could just get in there and do that, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I could pay all my bills and, and uh, you know, I just have, if I get the right mass, they'll never catch up to me. See, we're just as sinful as the next guy. So it's, it's a universal thing for all of us. But, but, but it is fair because Jesus Christ came and he, and he paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice. So it is completely and totally fair. God is just. He is completely just. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, let me quote uh, this verse to you. It says, He is the rock... His works are perfect, and all His ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is He. All His ways are just. He is upright and just, perfect in all His ways. Everything He does will be completely right, completely true, completely perfect. His judgment is, will, will be completely just. Interesting thing about that verse, that's uh, Deuteronomy 32.4, by the way is that they sing, that's, that's from the Song of Moses, they sing that song later in heaven in, in Revelation chapter 15. When we get to heaven and, and the songs that we're going to hear, one of them is about how just God is, that He knew exactly what He was doing, that He did it exactly right. There will be no question for us questioning whether God's doing it right or not. God, are you, doing, are you sure you got this one right? When we're going to get there, we're going to say, wow, yeah, that's completely, now I get it. Now I see. All his ways are right. 
But in the meanwhile, we look around and we, so we, we, we think, God, why, you know, why doesn't God do something now? Why doesn't he fix some of this stuff now? It's bad. It's been bad a long time. You know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that's so bad today that wasn't so bad then. You go back to Genesis chapter 3. You know, we started off with sin entering the human race and then, you know, two brothers and one kills the other brother. Murder right there. First family. Why doesn't God do something? Even I, what I figured out is that even if I can't figure it out, that God knows what he's doing. Even if I can't figure it out, he knows what he's doing. Isaiah, let me quote to you from Isaiah 55. You know these verses, but let me quote to you, them to you anyways. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the, the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Just way higher than you and I could ever think. The ways that we have, he knows what he's doing. You see, he's got, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. You know that, that uh, famous army guy that said, you know, I just love it when a plan comes together. You all know that one? The A-team, of course. You don't know that? Some of you are too young. Let me explain it to you. No, no but, but he said that. He said that often. You know, he'd come up with this plan, and it usually fell through. It usually didn't work at all. And then all of a sudden, at the end, it would kind of come together. And he says, I love it when a plan comes together. Well, it didn't really come together. And our plans really don't come together that great. But when God has a plan, it's going to come together. And we're going to get to heaven and we're going to say that. I love it when a plan comes together because his plan will come together. But in the meanwhile, like what is going on? God, why don't you do something now? And, and we see in this verse here, it says that he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. There is going to be some payback. And, and the, the thing about it is, is that, that you and I, if we had our way, if we had what we thought, paybacks, we would do them like now, right? But we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with that person, with that country, with that situation. We don't know if it's going to change tomorrow. God knows and understands, you see. You, you read the book of Jonah. We're going to get to that in, uh, in a few months uh, the book of Jonah, or at some point, I don't know when. We are going to get to Jonah. I love that book. But, but Jonah, you see, he, they, he, he was Jewish, and they hated the Ninevites. The Ninevites were their enemies. And God told him to go and preach the gospel, the good news. Actually, he, went to, he, he got sent to tell them that they were going to be judged, and judgment was coming, so just get used to it. And what happened was uh, Jonah said, I'm not going to go tell them that. I want them to get the payback because I hate them, right? And Jonah, uh, he ran the other direction. And what happened? God said, well, listen, you're supposed to be one of my prophets. You're supposed to do what I say. And, and so God got a hold of him, and he finally went. And sure enough, the people of Nineveh, they, re they repented. 
Like thousands and thousands of people repented. And you'd think, you know, Jonah would say, oh, that's awesome, right? It was the greatest revival in all of history, really, in terms of what happened at one point in time. And Jonah says, you know, I knew you were going to do that. He says, you know, that's why I didn't want to go, because I wanted them to get payback for, for, you know, hating us and being our enemy. I didn't want to see them saved. I didn't want to see that happen. So Jonah, like, was, you know, way on the human plane, but God had a whole other plan, didn't he? So you and I, again, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And, and for us to say we figure it out, we understand, is foolishness. Foolishness. Vengeance, what we want, right? But Paul says in Romans chapter 12, let's go ahead and turn there, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. What does he say there? Do not take revenge. Let's look at verse 17. Do not repay anyone. Do not repay who? Anyone. Or just the people you like. Or just the people you hate. Anyone. Evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Verse 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. God's the only one that can do righteous vengeance. We don't know all the facts. You think about the courtrooms that we have in our land today, and, and, and you know, we, we have a pretty good court system, I think, compared to other places. We have a an amazing court system, but, but it's still, you know, it's still tainted. It's still not perfect, and there are injustices that take place even in our justice system, right? Because there's corruption. There are people that are corrupt. We're all corrupt to one degree or another. And, and, and so, but, but God will take vengeance. God will repay. God knows perfectly what's right and perfectly what's wrong. Say, why do you keep talking about that? Because that's who he is. Look at verse 7 back in 2 Thessalonians again, chapter 1. Not only will he pay back trouble to those who trouble you, there's a, there's a sense that he will pay back. He will do it. Let him do it, though. Well, God, let me help you on this one. Let me just be in on it. Let me give some of the payback. And he says, no. It's not for you to do that. But look what he says in verse 7 as well. And he says, and he will give relief to you who are troubled as well, and to us as well. To you who are troubled and to us as well. He's going to give relief. As I said earlier, are you troubled by any of this stuff? Does it bother you? Yeah, it does sometimes. Sometimes I look around and... and, and you know, not thinking that I'm better than anybody else, but just thinking the world we're living in, it's, we're in a bad way. We're in a bad way, and, and I would love to have some relief. I would love to see some relief. And, and this is what he says here. An interesting thing I, I read about this is that the, the word for relief here is, is a Greek word called anasis. And this is where they got the name anasin from, from this Greek word. Not from the Bible, but from the Greek word, anasis. 
Maybe the guy did. I couldn't, I couldn't find that, the guy who came up with it. But the word is from the Greek word meaning relief. So we're going to pass out Anison today. I want you to have the relief that you all need and want. We're going to pass out Anison in the back today. Anison basically is aspirin. They have different versions now, but basically when it came out, it was aspirin. And you know what else? Caffeine. Those two things solve every problem. Aspirin and caffeine. You're going you're gonna to have so much relief, you don't know what to do with yourself. Till your stomach starts like eating away and you know, getting ulcers and all the rest of it. Relief. Where does relief come from? He says here that God will give you the relief. God is just. Okay, but God, why don't you do something now? When are you going to give the relief? When are you going to bring the payback? When is Larry going to get his $20 back? That's what everybody's thinking. Is he really going to give it back? When? Someone over here said, when? Is he going to get the payback? Depends. If I'm in charge, could be a while there. Hope you weren't planning on buying gas on the way home or something. When is it going to happen? You know, the truth of the matter is, is that God is doing something and God will do something, but he's doing something now. There is a, a, a principle, a spiritual principle in the universe that whatever a man sows, what? He'll reap. And so what we are experiencing in, in, in so many ways is that we are reaping what we sow. And even the murderer that I mentioned earlier who... who you know, is completely forgiven by God and will live forever and ever in heaven with Jesus, there is some reaping that will take place in this life. There's still punishment that must be paid for the things that we do in this life, in this world. But ultimately, 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 the truth is that there's a future reckoning. And that's what he says here in the last part of verse 7, which we will conclude with. He says, this will happen when? You say, when? When is it all going to happen? When is it going to get better? When are things going to look up? When, are, when am I going to get the relief? When is the payback going to happen to that person, that thing, that country? He says, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. There's a day coming. And this he's speaking here about when Jesus physically will return to the earth. There is a day coming when that relief will come, when that payback will come, but it's in his time and not ours. He is completely and totally just. He has a plan. He has a purpose. The Bible is full of prophecy about what is going to happen in the, in the future. But here he says so very clearly that some of these things will not be righted until he returns to the earth. I wish I could tell you that it's all going to be fixed tomorrow, but, it, but that's not what the Word of God says. It's going to be righted. It will be righted, but, but so much of it ultimately not until he returns to the earth when he physically returns. Now, there, you know, there will be some relief for some of us, that we will die before that happens, that, 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 that the rapture will occur and we will be with him face to face before this particular thing happens. So that, but, but it's coming. It's coming. 
the blessed hope, that reckoning. Paul said in the book of Acts that, that he, that is God, has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has, he has appointed, that is Jesus. The day is coming. There is a day, the day of the Lord. So knowing all that, that's kind of discouraging, Rich. I mean, what do you, you know, what, so you're just telling me it's going to be bad. It's not going to get any better until he comes back. Right? So just grin and bear it. Is that what we should do? Well, I want to say to you, no. What, what do we need to do in the meanwhile? Um, we get a bigger box of Anison? No. What we need to do in the meanwhile is trust. Trust in Him. And that's why I want to, I want to close with, with uh, Proverbs chapter 3. I want you to turn there because you've got to know where this verse is. These two verses, they are absolutely essential to the life that you and I lead as believers in this world. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. What do we do in the meanwhile? We trust Him. We hold on to Him with everything we have. We, we understand that He is just and that He is going to do what He said He will do, that He can be trusted because He is so just, because He is so fair, because He is so loving and kind. But look at what it says there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight, or He will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All the stuff we don't understand, all the stuff that doesn't make any sense, we don't understand it. Lean not on your own understanding. How many times have you got to say, I don't understand this? And God says, well, I do, and you never will. Maybe he doesn't say that. Maybe he says, I'll try to help you understand it. In some cases, he probably does. But there's so much we just do not understand, right? So, we, so what does he say? Try to figure it out? Take more classes? Read more books? No, he says, trust in me. Trust in me. I know what's going on. I, 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 I've got my, my hands on the whole world. And there's going to come a day when it's all going to be made right. But in the meanwhile, trust me. And in the meanwhile, you need to be right with me through my son, Jesus Christ. No other way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding it in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. Trust him. That's what we got to do. But know that he's going to work it all out. And all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purposes. Why? Because he knows what he's doing. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And his plan will certainly come together for you and for me. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. And we, we don't even really understand how just you are. But your word declares that you're just in all your ways. You're just, you're upright, you're perfect in all your ways, and you will do the right thing. And so in the, in the, in the meanwhile, you want us to trust you. Just hold on to you and put our trust in you, not in 
not in what's going on around the world, not in what's going out on in my life and, and even uh, the, the people around me, but put my trust in you. Jesus, we know that you are the, the one that God has appointed to be that living sacrifice for us, that, that sacrifice that you gave your life for us, that, that we would not have to be punished with that just justice, but you took it for us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you that you died for me, that you paid the price for my sin, that you rose from the dead, defeating death. Lord, I pray for any here this morning that have never uh, surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, that today would be a, the day that they, that they uh, say, Jesus, I've had enough. I'm lost. I'm a sinner, and I, and I need forgiveness. I need, I need that peace that only you can give. And so I plead with you today here to give your life to Jesus Christ. Don't wait. Get right with him. Receive what he has for you. Believe and trust in him. Father, thank you again for this great day that we have together. Thank you that you provide for us. Thank you and help us to walk day by day with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Larry. Thank you.